Girl, what was that? Hey, girl. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? It's a sip, honey. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay, hold on. We got to start every episode with a sip, chow. Yeah. I need a powerful sip. Ready? Thank you. Thank you. Oh, oh no, no. Don't lose your life. Don't lose your life, girl. Oh. Damn. Oh, okay. Sorry. She okay? Yeah. <laughs> Mercury okay. retrograde, girl. That's what's Girl, okay. So, first of all, we have Vicente Pena on the show today. Thank you, Vince, for being available for this. Thank you for having me. Well, let's start off from the good old shady days <laughs> uh, when we first met. Um, oh. Let's talk. A- yes. <laughs> I mean, we got to let everybody know how we oh, met. Lord. Then it, you know, then it led to a beautiful friendship after that. And, you know, but we got to talk about how we met. So oh. Vince so, and I met on this amazing gig. And Vince, you go ahead and take over. And let, <laughs> you, give your, you give your version of this. I mean, let's try to be cute because some of these people will probably hear this and they'll know exactly what it is. And we ain't trying to embarrass nobody, but. We met in Pasadena at this um, gig. It was an opera, uh, a Wagner opera. I can't remember the name of it. Daphine. Uh, that's it. Daphine. Yes. I will never forget oh, the name. <laughs> so here I come in and I, I knew some people and then, you know, I saw some of the strings and I knew some of those people too and the concert mistress and I'm not going to mention names. And uh, this group, I mean, first of all, the music was they took a small little um, study score and they tried to enlarge it and cut out our parts from the score and put it on this 11 by 17 paper. The struggle. And and we still (laughs) couldn't even read the thing. I think this was fairly knew when I got in town when I got called for this. Yeah. Maybe a few years after, or maybe I just finished, you know, Mm -hmm. school, or I don't know what's going on. Um, But I just remember showing up and seeing you and your faces, and I was like, (laughs) I got to meet this bitch. (laughs) Because we were sitting on opposite ends. Yes, and every time I would look over there, I would see these pursed lips and that (laughs) side eye, and I was like, who is this queen? I was like, I know I have to meet her. They built this pit, and then what they did is they extended the stage, and all we had was wood. We were under this wooden stage, and there was no room for any of us. And it was hot. It was like 150 trillion degrees in there. Yes, yes. People's makeup was running. Uh, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You are being nice. I love it. Uh, Honey, just crusty the clown, just sad clowns all over the pit. And all, all, I, all I can remember is during the intermissions, I would go try to, I, I met you during an intermission um, through someone else. And then all of a yeah. sudden you guys were gone. And I said, okay, where did they go? And then I come back and I smelled. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we need some type yes. of liquid courage to get through that damn thing. <laughs> I smell liquor. I'm sorry if, you know, if you're hearing this and you were the contractor for this gig. Or you were the executive director. Oh I'm my sorry. God. We that had is... the drink to get through that. 
just talking about it, just talking to you, I said, okay, I have got to get to know these people now. And I got, I wish, and I kept saying, <laughs> damn, I wish I was the, on the other side of this pit so I could. Oh, we would have, well, we all would have been fired. We all would have been fired. Like the second day on the job, we would have been fired. If we were all in the same section, it'd be over. Yes. Cause everybody on my side of the pit were, were angry and. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, I mean, wouldn't you be? I mean, I I, I let go of it though, because at that point it was just kind of like, this is what it's gonna be. That's what I did, you know. Yeah. I mean, at that point I was like, okay, I can't change this, so yeah. let's just sit here and make a little money and get yes. through this mess. And he to the hall, girl. Oh, he it, was and the, hall. it was the worst gig I've ever. Been and then we had life. that uh that tenor who oh, sounded, sounded like, like the, the cowardly, cowardly lion. lion. Yes. Oh. oh. Bless his heart. I wonder where he, I hope he's staying safe during COVID. <laughs> and I hope he is not blessing the world with that voice because oh, child. Oh my God. The whole, sh- the whole thing. And they had yes. the LA Times reviewing. I mean, it was. Oh my, was, I didn't know that. Yes, the LA Times. Are, they, the LA Times. That's right. Because there was a Wagner ring cycle festival happening, yes, right? At the LA yes, Opera. Oh, yes. child. I forgot about that. <laughs> it ended up being fun. And like, yeah, you know the contractor who was involved. I love her so. Like it was a, for one of my first gigs in LA. I mean, I will never forget that moment, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad I did it because I wouldn't have met you. Right. Well, we may have met later, but that, yeah, that but was, you know that that, time. Yes. that sealed the deal because mm-hmm. it was so ridiculous that we just had to talk yes. about it and become because that's what so. I started when I was contracting so I was hiring you for everything that I yeah did. yeah, yeah. I was like oh I have got to have Stefan yeah. oh well thank so, you though. yes well I'm so yeah so we met there and then you know at that time I only knew you as a flutist mm-hmm. because that's how we worked and for for quite a long Many time years. that's kind of yeah how I knew you and I don't think it was until um, our adventures in South Florida Symphony. Yes. To where I learned that you also work in spiritual work. So can yes. you tell the audience a little bit about what you do? So I'm an intuitive reader. I'm an energy healer. I clear energies. I do uh, houses and offices and just areas. And I do awesome. readings. And I use crystals and I use cards and whatever comes to me. I was reading on your website that you actually found out your gift during the time of the O.J. Simpson trials. Yeah. Uh, I mean, during the murder. When, yes. When I was very, very young, my, I used to watch uh, Walter Mercado. And he's the astrologer, the Puerto Rican mm-hmm. astrologer. And yeah, I watched a documentary on him. I mm-hmm. love him. I grew up watching him. Yeah, and awesome. my cousin told me that I had a gift when I was very, I was like four years old. And she said, mm-hmm. you have a gift of seeing things that no one else sees. And, and I didn't understand her, obviously, but, mm-hmm. it, but it, it kept with me. I did notice things that I would see something like, you know how you, you read a book, I would see words or I would see figures or, or something might happen. In my 30s, I think that's when the OJ's, OJ Simpson trials were. I was with uh, some people just driving around at night, and we were driving through Brentwood. And then all of a sudden, I said, stop the car, stop the car. Something told me to tell them to stop the car. So we stopped the car, and we look over, and we were in front of Nicole Brown's home, where oh, she wow. was murdered. Wow. And I look over, and I could see 
a silhouette of a woman going in and out of the house in her nighty, in her whatever she was wearing. Mm -hmm. And then I saw a silhouette of a man going across uh, the yard in the white shirt and jeans. Mm -hmm. And I went to my, I just said to myself, oh my God, they're still there. So then something told me to tell them to drive up a little bit and we drove up about 20 feet and we could see the alley. And I said, that's where OJ parked the car. They're like, really? And I said, yeah, that he had to have parked the car right there to get away. Yeah. So then we started driving to his house and we were at a light. I think it was San Vicente and Bundy. Uh And we were at a light. Nobody was around, but I could hear somebody yelling, move, move, bitch, get out of my way, move. And I turned around and there was nobody behind us, but I didn't say anything. I was still learning about this. And then Uh it turned out that there was a woman who was parked there waiting for the light and OJ was behind her honking his horn. Oh, wow. So you were just kind of feeling mm -hmm. whatever happened previously. Yeah. So at that point, after I had revealed it to my wife at the time, I just decided, I think I need to start, uh, studying about this or start learning more about this and as time went on and i became 45 around when i turned 45 i really started getting into it and working on it and and developing it and then i just i started doing it as a business you know and i'm not one of those neon sign psychic <laughs> that's yeah. just twenty dollars psychic. Call right. me now. Right. Yeah. Exactly. For your free reading. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we you ain't Miss Cleo. I know right. that for sure because I don't even like the word psychic. I hate that word. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, it yeah. just sounds so um marketed in yeah. fake. It's very so. commercial too. Yes. It's just the connotation of it too. People when they hear that they're like, oh, I don't know about that. Religious mm-hmm. people are like, I don't believe in that. And, and the thing is and that the funny God, part is you're Christian. Right. I'm Catholic. Yeah. I'm Christian. Or Catholic, yeah. But I but God is my higher power. Yeah. Exactly. Always been. So, you know, I always tell people, look, I don't care what you worship. You can worship Buddha, you can worship God, you can worship a head of lettuce for all I care. I don't care. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? But you have a higher power. Everyone yeah. has one. And I still use my Christianity as my higher source. Yeah. And so. that's awesome because you have you found that, you know, within mm-hmm. yourself. Because I think it's important that people understand that, you know, the connotation of this is always like, you know, it's demonic and satanic and it's mm-hmm. not, you know. And I mm-hmm. just think people have certain gifts, you know, and yeah. I don't think anyone should judge anyone by their gift or what. Well, you have, have a gift. You're a musician. You're, you're yeah, you have everyone. the gift of, gift of music. You have the gift of composing. You, have the, you yeah. know what I mean? Everybody has a gift from their exactly. higher source. Yeah. So, and I pray every single day. I pray to my God and Lord Jesus every day. That's great. Y'all hear yeah. that? Yes. Y'all hear that? Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't judge. Straight mm-hmm. up. Everything that's been going on now, you know, with the pandemic that hit um, and is still, you know, kicking and screaming and thriving, girl. Uh, first, I guess we can start with with your clients. Uh, what are the type of things that mm-hmm. they're really struggling with right now and, oh. and needing guidance with? And- so the main thing that they're all worried about is what's going to happen after 2020. They're, they're yeah. so worried about work because a lot of them have lost their jobs or have been furloughed 
or yeah. uh, laid off. And they're noticing that like relationship issues are coming up. Um, mm-hmm. All of these little things that um, we've been taking for granted have either been stripped away or haven't gone the way they wanted it to go. Yeah. So, you know, and that happens to all of us, all of us, I've been dealing with it, you know, in certain mm-hmm. ways and, you know, business has been slow because people don't have money and I don't push it. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, we all deal with this. It's a, it's a domino effect. So, mm-hmm. you know, I prayed on it. I kept praying on these questions and what my guides have told me is, you know, all of this had to happen because this whole world has been so complacent and, um, so in their comfort zone that we needed to be shaken up the world literally as the world has been dying and this pandemic, even though it sucks and, and so many lives have been lost had to happen because it had to stop. We had to stop. It had to stop us in our tracks and make us sit and, and force us to sit and reflect you know, it's so funny that you say that because that's exactly what I felt. And I, I've been telling that to my friends. I mean, I said it in a less eloquent, eloquent, as they would say, <laughs> eloquent yeah. way. Mm-hmm. But I was like saying, you know, Mother Nature, but uh, like bitch slapped us into a new reality. Exactly. Since, like it literally I'm, because from that. And I was saying last time, like when we were all stuck at home, you saw all this wildlife coming out and the birds mm-hmm. in the sky repairing itself and pollution leaving. And right. This little glimmer of hope that like a resurgence in environmental things, but also forcing us to self-reflect on issues that we really need to resolve within ourselves and collectively. Exactly. So and, you know, I really uh, felt that. And 2020 when, you know, and I, and I, I keep repeating myself all year long 2020 when we always thought of 2020 we thought of vision clear vision so this year is about seeing things as they truly are seeing things clearly and not being able to hide you always mention your guides Mm -hmm. and you know a lot of people may have questions of like what does that mean like what are guides what are your guides or whatever things so can Mm -hmm. you like explain Uh, what you mean by guides and your guides so um we all have uh angels or spirit guides and Mm -hmm. usually it's it's that little voice that we hear that might be our conscience or it might we just hear a little voice Mm -hmm. and i have five (laughs) five that talk to me actually one that actually talks to me and the other four talks to her so I have a guide and she's been around me since I was a child because I always remembered hearing a woman's voice in my ear, my left ear, and telling me what to do and what not to do and giving me the messages that I was Mm -hmm. supposed to either say or look out for. And then as I got older, I found there were four others as well but she's like the gatekeeper, the one. Okay. She's my gatekeeper. So she, she, she's kind of like me. She's a bitch. And she, <laughs> and she, she tells them, you can talk to me and then I'll tell him. Okay, so, but, so I, she, yeah. but I know they're there because I can see them. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I see them telling her and they'll 
she'll tell me. And none so of them... it's all delegated to her, and then she is yes. the the, yes. the voice. Yeah, because she was the one who was there first. So she's yeah. the queen, and I respect <laughs> it, it, and I'm, I don't argue. And are they... And do they come from... Do you know if they come from a place, or, like, could you explain a little bit of, like, where they're from, who they are, or is it just something that just exists? Um, the one, the main one... Um, it just exists. She just came to me. Um, there is one who I know is my grandmother on my mother's side. And then the other three, one is a man. I could picture him. He's a, he's a chubby man and he wears, um, a derby hat. Where that came from? (laughs) I don't know. Um, the other one is another woman who, um, skinny, um, frail um but very knowledgeable and the other one is a skinny man who kind of matches her so it might be a couple that are together Mm. but you know and and they just they all sit in a in a row all four of them right behind the one guide Mm -hmm. so and they all speak wow yeah it's really weird do you think other people have several yeah. guides as well mm-hmm. and they just haven't found them yet yeah everyone has an angel or a guide or several mm-hmm. yes yes and wow. you know people who have passed on who um in your family or your friends they always come back in some way to give you a message yeah they always come back and people again it's just something that we don't think about you know until you know, like you might be in your home and hear something fall in the kitchen mm-hmm. and think, where did oh, that well, I feel like this past week, mm-hmm. I've, I've been getting tried by something because every time I try to pick up something or do something, like something clumsy happens and I'm like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? So you got to look <laughs> like, at why is this happening? Is this giving me a message to, to back off or? I think it's telling me to slow the fuck down, yep. to be honest. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, you know, I, I've been feeling, I don't know. My mom has always told me that, you know, she has the gift of discernment and mm-hmm. I feel like that's been passed down to me and my twin brother mm-hmm. uh, because he has a very discerning spirit. And I feel like I do as well because mm-hmm. I can kind of look at people and just kind of already know, engage things. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And I've always felt that way since I was little. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, with these interactions and stuff I've been having the past few weeks and with you were saying that, um, I think you were saying that Mars is in retrograde. Yes. And also Mercury, right? Until the, until actually until the election, right? right. Mercury goes direct the day of the the election and Mars goes direct, I think a week after. Yeah, that is so insane. Yeah. But, you know, going along those lines with that, we're supposed to be experiencing a lot of um, uneasiness and unrest and uncertainty right now. Just yes. based off of the stars, if we were to if we were to go to the stars mm-hmm. and everything that's happening, you would say that. Right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Because Mars, when you think of Mars is the god of war and mm-hmm. he is when he goes into retrograde, he is slowing things down. But what he's doing is he's, again, it's more, it's a reflection. Anytime you hear retrograde, the word retrograde, think of RE's, think of relook, redo, uh, 
reflect the REs. Yeah. And yeah. with Mars, he's like saying, okay, we're not done. And I'm going to make you guys, because uh, again, we're getting um, a comfortable again. It's time yeah. to trigger the stuff, trigger what's going on that went on this year and bring it back. So we're going to see miscommunications. We're going to see delays. We're going to see more rioting, more uproars, more government crap, things coming out. Um, but with all of this, the good thing that comes out of it is, is change. Change yeah. is going to happen. Change is happening now. We have to go through this. The Black Lives Matter thing came up this year, and it's really... I mean, we've always had Black Lives Matter in some way over the last century, uh, century, ten uh, decade, but now it's really, really in our face, and we're just not going to take it anymore. We're done. So change, and it's is, about damn time is going to happen, whether people like it or not. Yes, and whether the change happens, the change that happens to you individually comes out the way you want it to or the way you weren't expecting it to it change is still good you got to remember yeah. you got to keep that in your heart that no matter what it is it's good for us and it's yeah. where we're supposed to be i think so i think as a nation and not to get all political but i guess as american people <laughs> we really need to become way more humble yes um in our place in society yes and yeah. i and it's not it, it part i mean a lot of it is our fault and a lot of it isn't our fault because it's been fed to us at an early age that we are the most powerful country and we are mm -hmm. the most mm -hmm. yada 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 mm -hmm. and it's like all the shit that you've been fed mm -hmm. all your damn life and you know i don't even know the statistics but i'm sure if i looked it up but like the percentage of people that have ever traveled outside of the united states versus other countries and how much they travel outside of their country mm -hmm. to gain perspective of culture would probably be pretty astounding because i know a lot of friends of mine who have never even left california right let alone you know mm -hmm. to another city let alone a country mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to visit a different culture they know they know cultures through textbooks yes and and, yes. and language classes um you know so I think it's a very important time, like you're saying right mm -hmm. now. And it, 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 when it happened, I mean, it obviously happened before, you know, we actually all went to the stay at home order. Yep. But can we just talk about the day California oh. mentioned their stay at home order? What day was it? March ben? 16th. March 16th. It was the day after my birthday. March 16th. That's well, what, that's when it started. Well, that's that's when it March sixteenth was what a Monday or something. Yeah, it was a Monday when we went to quarantine. Yeah, but the official, the official order oh went off on Friday. On Friday the thirteenth, exactly. It did. Yes, it did. I was yeah. just like, oh my gosh, you know, like, yep. I mean, all you know, you can be what do you call it, superstitious or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I was just like, there's just so many funny things with numbers this year between 2020, yes. Friday the 13th. 13th. Yes. Um, I'm not a numerologist, it's but it's just, you know, I when I notice things, you know, that's when I'll bring them up. But if I, you know, yeah. I go through the days just like everybody else does. But like this, this retrograde's ending on election day of all days. Yeah. Which is insane. But... With that being said, <clears throat> we won't know anything 
<clears throat> I feel like we won't know the truth from the election until maybe the 20th. So it's funny how Mars, you know, reverts itself a week after, mm-hmm. which could potentially be when we kind of start hearing more of the results. Yeah. November 13th is when Mars goes direct. Yeah. Yeah. It's just funny. And then I even contacted you about why I keep seeing one, two, three, four every mm-hmm. time I look at the damn clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I keep seeing numbers and shit and and weird places. Well, you know, and, <laughs> and you know what time. it is, Stefan, is everybody's doing it because again, we have more time. We are we're more alert now. We're we're seeing yeah. things because we're not in that hustle of bustle of getting yeah. up, going to work, working all day, coming home, eating dinner, going to bed. Everything that we took for granted is all coming in and and we're noticing it now. All the stuff yeah. that we've been pushing aside to not notice or because we don't want to deal with it or you know what i mean we put blinders on they're all being and that goes like emotionally financially Mm -hmm. physically Mm -hmm. yeah it's all being because i've been noticing financially i'm like uh bitch you need to cancel some of these subscriptions because this is ridiculous mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. you do i mean i did that too yeah yeah like shit that i was paying for that i didn't even realize because i was in this engine and you know money's coming in money's going out Mm -hmm. money's coming in money's going out and it's like now when money isn't coming in as much as it was before Mm -hmm. you got to really pay attention to your finances Mm -hmm. and just everything going on i mean there are people who have gone and and they're fixing their health you know and stuff that they've been again pushing aside because they think Mm -hmm. work is more important now they're concentrating on themselves and making themselves better yeah that's great i think because they'll come back stronger relationship issues that we you know people have been putting blinders on now they're talking about it they're they're they've come up and they there's conversations happening there's breakups Mm -hmm. happening but you know, eventually it was going to happen sooner or later. So, yeah. but this was this was the time to to really to dive it. into it and confront it. Yeah, yeah. I would love to have your perspective of like what you feel your guides are telling you about what the time, like our time right now. Yeah. And anyone who's going through any darkness and what they tell you to relate to those people, even I don't even know if they're talking to you not, right now. Yeah, they, they are. could. Be. They always talk. To Sometimes <laughs> they I, are. I, I, no, because hopefully they like me. I hope <laughs> yeah, they don't they hate do. me. Because we're, okay, because we're, <laughs> I'm like, hey, girls. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're all good. Because I like y'all. Usually, I'm turned off by this time, but but uh-huh. because we're doing this, they're they're on. They're up. A lot of the depression, the depression that's going on. From what I feel is because of the reflections that are going on. People are seeing their lives as they truly are. And, you know, and there's no escaping it. So people are facing things that they didn't want to face. And the depression is, I feel like it's more of a fear that leads into a depression. So, you know, like relationships, again, relationships not working, jobs not working, the yeah. total life shifts are happening and change even though it's good it's very scary and people I are think having it's that and i think it's also the uncertainty yes too, right? the uncertainty yeah the stepping out of the box stepping I mean, out because of... i can i can honestly say you know like even though 
you know, knock on wood, things have been, you know, somewhat decent in regards to worker income, mm -hmm. uh, the uncertainty of the industry on a whole mm -hmm. is worrisome for me, especially because we live in such an expensive fucking city. Yes. And um, and the industry is the city. Right. So if the city is being hit and the industry can't do what it needs to do, then what do we what do? We do? Yes. Yeah. What do we do? So that's the uncertainty I feel that is like permeating in LA. Anyone who's still here, because there's a lot of people who have left. Yes. Because of it. Yes. Because they just can't afford it, or they just said, "Let me take what I got and go somewhere that mm -hmm. you know my money would." That I can start all over. And I'm not mad. Neither I'm am not I. mad at that. Neither am I. You know, because if you ain't got no work here and mm -hmm. you got some coin stack, you are much better. Like. Mm -hmm piecing out and coming back when things if things get back right. you know but like at, at this time i feel like the uncertainty um specifically for musicians and you're a musician as well mm -hmm. the uncertainty is killing our industry yeah but you know um, Stefan, it's also uncertainty of life in general because again yeah. change is happening and people are afraid of it and and i feel like what's going on is the fear is causing the depression because people are afraid to step out of the box and see things in a new way, because that's what, that's what this change is about. It's seeing, it's a new beginning, new perspectives, new ideas. And people are so afraid they, they we've been comfortable for so long that now it's being taken away from us. And that's where the depression sets in because they don't know what to do. Yeah. They're so scared. They're, they're, they're literally in fear of moving forward so the clients that I deal with, I tell them, you got this, keep going. Yeah. I, you know, it's a, it's a pep talk. And I tell them you're worth so much more than you think you are. Keep mm -hmm. moving forward. Yes, there's change, but it's going to be good. It's going to be good for you. Take this time, yeah. take advantage of the time that you have now to get your new journey together. You know what I mean? Get your ideas going. Get your stuff flowing. Your 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 creativity flowing. This is what yeah. this is what this is about. And it you know, nine out of ten times they're all making their list and they're getting their stuff together. And and I you know and it's it's not going to be easy, but yeah. you have the chance. And and I'm gonna and I'll be honest with you, nine out of ten times they're going for it. And they've, they've said, I'm not going back to work. I hate that job anyway. I have enough money to survive and I'm going to start this new thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, that's awesome. Yeah. And maybe this was a catalyst for that, mm -hmm. you know, for some people who had just been like, I really want to do this. I really want to do this. And you get stuck in the engine. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I saw something recently where one of my uh, colleagues posted on her Facebook that she's uh, retiring from the studios. Yeah. And she's huge. Yeah, I know. I know. He's huge in the scene. I think right? you know who I'm talking mm -hmm. about, maybe. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, when I saw that, I was like, "Wow!" And you know, she took on a. She had already been going to school, and mm -hmm. um, you know, took on a whole different career path that she really feels like she's giving something to the world, and she feels like it's different, and she's loving it. And yeah. I'm like, "You go do it, girl." Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe that you know, maybe because of the engine being so uh, crazy. Like, maybe she needed this moment to be like, bam, you know, it's time to seize the day. Mm -hmm. Like, I got to pick what I'm going to do. And I feel like it it's kind of happening with me, too. 
Yeah, know, I'm me at too. a crossroads careers uh, career wise because you know composing has picked up a lot and mm-hmm. playing has has as well and it's getting to the point where it's like all right i know you like doing both but you might have to pick it's one balancing soon. it's balancing it because yeah. that's the hard thing that i'm that's what i'm going through now because yes. you know the reason one of the reasons why i went into the spiritual side of things is because musically i wasn't playing as much and yeah. you know for whatever reason and as time went on you know i i did some a lot of reflecting soul soul searching and reflecting on the music part of things i went back to a an instrument that i used to play 15 years ago that i love and you know i made some uh changes to it and i feel like i'm playing the way i played 15 years ago i'm back to that point and the sound and even my technique and that confidence because I lost, you know, you know what I went through. I lost some self-confidence yeah. and yeah. realizing part of it was the instrument that I was playing because I was never connected to it. And this yeah. instrument, oh my God. It's like Yeah, it's that, like, I think that is so important. And I'm, you know, during this this COVID, I'm actually playing more this year than I've ever played in the last 10 years. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, every Kudos. week I'm doing something and it's just, yeah. it's, and I'm, and I'm playing with great players and I'm, and yeah. I, I'm doing stuff that I used to do when I was a kid. So, that's awesome. I'm so happy. I mean, I'm noticing that, you know, because one of the groups that I'm playing is playing this music that is so hard that I would not even looked at uh-huh. within the last 10 years. And I'm just looking at it now going, oh. <laughs> Oh, that's I, great. I can do this. I could do this. That's great. You know? And see, I think people need that time. And it also gave you the time to even have the time to get your chops up mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you're always so busy with whatever you're doing mm-hmm. uh, before, you know, it really feels like we're in a different world. It is. Um, it does. I, I kind of, I kind of like it. I, and, you know, obviously I don't like what's going on. Right. But the one thing I do like is having control of my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I uh, agree. More control of my life. I agree. Um, I agree. You know, because we, it was so easy to just be like, you know, your life just turned into dots on an eye calendar. Yep. Um, and you were just going A, B, C, D, E, mm-hmm. you know, just shablamming through the week. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you arrive at home in one piece for a glass of wine is right. rare. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and then rinse and repeat, you know? You know, my husband, um, Ray, uh, stopped working back in February. Oh, and, man. you know, and, and that was okay. And then COVID hit. So, yeah. you know, we got, we, I said, go on unemployment. Just get an employment and, and we'll live off that and we'll live off of what I'm making. And then COVID hit and we were like, okay, now what do we do? So I filed for unemployment. And we just talked about it. I said, we've been on, we've been dealing with this for how many months? And I said, you notice that we don't, we live easier now than we did before. Like we pay our bills and we could still go and do what we want to do. The bottom line is we don't need a lot of money to survive. Yeah. Where we thought before, the more you made, the more you, you know, I mean, yeah, money does give you more you know more things but 
Yeah. If you just need but to survive or just enjoy life. Exactly. You want it. Yeah. yeah and we could still do what we want to do, even though we're not making $95,000 a year, you know, or yeah. $100,000 a year. And it also shows you the value of your dollar. Mm-hmm. I'm really strict with my savings or investments. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't touch it. Yes. Like I rarely Us go too. into my savings account. Too. I'm like, I don't want to touch it. So if I'm ever going to have money, it has to be something that I earn from work mm-hmm. somehow. Or I might use, you know, a little portion of my unemployment um, if I even qualified that week. Because I've been keeping mine open mm-hmm. because things are so uncertain. So, mm-hmm. you know, some weeks I do work and I don't qualify for anything. Some I may get like a hundred bucks. But I mean, money is money at this point. Right. You know, having a steady source of income and also, you know, getting kicked off of UI and later having mm-hmm. to apply again would be a nightmare. Yes. So I want to avoid that. I applied right when it opened. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. a few people waited maybe like a week or two weeks later. And some people even after me, like the day after or whatever, and they didn't get their shit for months. I know. I was one and of the I lucky ones like, too. Yeah, I was one of the lucky ones. And I was like, I felt blessed that that happened to me, but I'm like, there's so many people even mm-hmm. right now, who, mm-hmm. you know, we're in a fortunate position that we both have several hands in different pots mm-hmm. that we could, mm-hmm. you know, flip on and off where some people just, this is what they do. Yeah. You know, yeah. they are a straight up musician and that is it. Mm-hmm. They don't write, they don't, you know, there's nothing else. And those people are really suffering right now. Yes. Or just, you know, actors, singers, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, entertainment and, you know, nine to five people. Right. Who just furloughed laid off and now the airline industry. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of depression as well, um, and dark thoughts going on mm-hmm. because people just, you know, when they lose 30 years in a company just being like, I'm sorry, like, we can't keep you anymore, mm-hmm. um, losing their jobs. And then some of them, basically, these companies going bankrupt and their, and their industry is just gone. Like, where mm-hmm. do you go from there? Right. Like, when you've put so many years into something and that's all you know. This is where and I think that's what's really eating at people right now. This is where the stepping out of the comfort zone uh, happens yeah. is that you know, it's time to make a new plan and have a back, you know, and usually we don't think about have, ever having a backup plan. We never do. I mean, some of us think about I'm it, but, but, yeah, <laughs> Always. but you know, there's a lot of people who don't. And yeah. these are the people who are, who've done, who worked for 30 years in the same profession because yeah. they think it's going to keep going on until they retire. And yeah. now that it's gone, they don't know where to turn. So now, yeah, and some of them, you know, may be at an age where trying to even try to introduce themselves. I did it. Yeah, I know, know? but I'm just saying there's other people who like you. I'm talking about like let's say like an older, older musician and a ten year older musician in an orchestra. Yeah, true, very true. Where do they go? Right, because they have all this talent teaching jobs aren't happening because everything, you know, these universities are closing and right. doing remote shit. So that you know, they aren't hiring professors. We both know of this person who started um, the outside concerts. Yeah. You know, where she 
literally was staring out the window in her at her driveways thinking and seeing a DoorDash person deliver food and said, well, if people can get their food curbside, why can't musicians play curbside yeah. for people? Yeah. And she started this thing where now it's <laughs> so many cities, so many different groups playing at the same time. Wow. Well, yeah, they play for tips. They play for tips, but there's also a fee involved. If somebody asks for, you know, to come and play at my house or I'm at my yeah. driveway, they ask for a yeah. fee. But mm. there's tips involved, and it, it's becoming lucrative. So, you know, it's stuff that, you know, again, she stepped out of the box. She used her creative mind and just yeah. turned it into this thing. And she's and, always been an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm, you know, I think mm -hmm. that goes along with, and that's kind of my spirit too. Mm -hmm. You know, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. You have, mm -hmm. um, and I think more of us in our industries need to start honing in on those skills because mm -hmm. there's more there's more than playing an instrument out there. Yes. You know, there's a lot the more. And mm -hmm. you can still use your instrument to do all different types of stuff. Yes. And yes. it doesn't have to be sitting in an orchestra. I think I also <laughs> feel like a lot of the depression, Stefan, we were talking about people staying home, people who have been working in offices or going to the studios or going, yeah. going out of their homes. Now they're at home mm -hmm. and they're around the same four walls. Yeah. So that leads to depression because oh, yeah. you just you're bored and you just don't know where to go. It's I tell these people, <laughs> I tell these people, you got to get out of the house. At least go take a walk, go yeah. do something to get your juices flowing and your mind going. And yeah. you know, and when you start doing that, and write down, journal, start journaling, mm -hmm. even if it's one word at a time, journal because ideas will come out. Yeah, you will go back and look and say, "Oh my God, look at this! Now I can start something, and then you can move on with that." Yeah, it's it's just it's just again stepping out of the box. <laughs> so, do you think that is the um, overall mantra for twenty twenty? I think so. yeah, it is. It is stepping step yeah. out of the box. It's time to step out of the comfort zone because change is inevitable, mm -hmm. and we're never ever going back to what it was. We're never and I don't going know why people are trying so hard to fight for it. Because and that's um, why they're getting depressed. And that's why there's this and that's why there's this how can I say this nicely? <laughs> <laughs> the rioting that's going on, the yeah. pushback, the pushback of the protests mm -hmm. because people want it to stay the same. And they well, can't handle the saying. fact that, that people are pushing back. And saying yeah. no, we're going to change this. Yeah, it's, you know what um, I mean. It's become a uh, obvious two-sided war. Mm -hmm. This is like um, a social mm -hmm. civil war, mm -hmm. though. I feel like mm -hmm. I feel like this is like us just the beginning part. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know because I just feel like people are really tired of how things are being handled uh -huh. and and. We're in a new world and we need to act like it. Yes. Basically. Yes. I think it ultimately comes down to humbling yourself to the new reality mm -hmm. to finally say, this is what it is mm -hmm. and we have to move forward versus, oh, we're going to get the vaccine and it's going to cure everything oh, mm -hmm. and we're just going to mm -hmm. go back to what we used to be. Because mm -hmm. I don't, I honestly don't think that's going to Oh, no, happen. it's not going to happen. 
It's not going to happen. Because there's several other diseases that have not had successful vaccines. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Who the hell do we think? I mean, mm-hmm. even though uh, you know HIV is a completely different type of virus, they still haven't found a cure no, for that. No, they haven't. And they haven't found they a haven't... vaccine for it either. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean, yeah. they have like a therapeutic vaccine. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. It's... um. There's just so many things that we are still, you know, cancer, all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, coronaviruses are a little, you know, quote unquote easier because of the fact that they're like a seasonal type of thing. So they can technically try to make a vaccine, but not in the amount of time no. that they're saying no. they can do it. No. Um, but even so, I don't think the mentality of people, I don't think it's going to change. I I think people are going to be even more on guard now than ever, especially about hygiene. Um, <laughs> right? I don't think any, because I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, you know, when we would be out and it'd be like, hey, girl, take a sip of this milkshake. Right? It's so good. Right? That a, shit ain't never happening anymore. <laughs> I know. We used to do it all, all the time. time. All You're the like, time. ooh, let me try your yeah. coffee, girl. <laughs> that shit ain't happening. Not anymore. Now I'm over here like hissing at people like <laughs> don't even come near put a mask on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like everything has changed. Like just mm-hmm. that little fraction, like we and it's crazy because the kids who are being born nowadays will never have experienced the world before. Right. Well they are literally being born into this world. Isn't that funny? Because you know, our parents said the same thing about their world. You know? Oh yeah. You know, and yeah. I'm what I'm I'm fifty five. How old are you, Stefan? I'm 35. So there's a 20 year gap there. You don't you yeah. won't experience what I experienced when I was your age. You know. Oh yeah, I know. So yeah, but this. But it's this I'm saying this even though generation. Oh my god. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I <laughs> yeah. mean that we experience something different. <laughs> like obviously, you experience way more shit than me when it comes to like you know HIV racist, and race HIV oh, yeah. yeah racism oh, because you grew up in the middle of all that mm-hmm. in the Rodney King riots yes. all that shit yes like you were in that um, Ooh, we should and, talk you know, about that Oof. I was a wee little you know <laughs> you were I don't think you were even I was a thought honey yes exactly and I'm not a, not a thot <laughs> so don't try it okay she is safe and sanctified <laughs> you weren't even but uh <laughs> but, yeah yet. but I'm saying these people now you know these kids now like they won't experience that. Mm-mm. Let me try your drink. Let me, right. you know, even yeah. like kissing someone. I know. It's kind of like. Where we used to. It's know, a risk. I mean, we'd be at, okay, we could go to trunks or we could go to a bar and meet somebody. Oh, yeah. Meet somebody and just start making out. Yeah. You know? that. Well, that shit ain't happening. Nope. Nope. You know, that shit ain't happening. But you and know, even, Stephane, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about dating, yes. too. You know, yeah. like going yeah. on dates, you have, there's a level mm-hmm. of trust now mm-hmm. that is so heightened mm-hmm. that, you know, the, the gone are the days. I mean, if you want to be foolish and going around just randomly dating and sleeping with everybody and kissing everybody, then right. you live your best life, but I'm going to pray for you. But I feel like there's a higher level of trust that's required now to even go out on a date with someone. But you know, Stefan, this was, you know, and I'm not I'm not comparing HIV with COVID, but yeah. when HIV was very high, you know, in the 80s, it was mm-hmm. the same way where you had to question whether you wanted to go on dates or oh yeah, or even 
you didn't know if you could transfer through your mouth or you know what I mean? Or exactly someone. And... But see, the difference from this is like, yeah, it's like very similar in that. Mm -hmm. But this thing is you can get it. Right. Like exactly. Like exactly. there's a definitive answer. Exactly. That's why I'm not so comparing, it's like I couldn't I wasn't going to compare the two. No, oh, no, it's fine. But no, you're yeah. saying the hysteria mm -hmm. from the beginning mm -hmm. is very similar mm -hmm. to that. And I get it. But, you yeah. know, like but the thing about, you know, HIV, it was crazy, too, because at the beginning Oof. of this, they were saying that the coronavirus was like very similar in, in ways to HIV and um, actual coronaviruses and the way that it attacks the immunity, the T cells and yeah. immunity cells. Yeah. yeah. And can and they were thinking it could lay dormant in your system, mm -hmm. similar to HIV. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that is still factual, but I just remember in the beginning of the, hearing that, and I was like, "Oh Lord, we got a superbug! I can't." I'm like, "Oh Lord, oh, my God. I don't." Know. I'm like, "No, ma'am." You know, I didn't. So anyone who's listening, do your own research mm -hmm. on that. I'm not Thank saying you. that that Thank is you. fact. Thank you. That is just what I heard in yeah. the beginning of this bullshit that we yes. all have been going through. So and part of that, you can to, find me, out to me, in my opinion, was a scare tactic. So I don't oh, know. Yeah, That's just to me. That's just my opinion. So Yeah. You know. But I mean, who knows? I haven't looked that shit up in a long time, mm -hmm. but I just remember mm -hmm. seeing that. And I was like, oh, Jesus, I can't. Yeah. Um, but even but now, you know, because I might have like, well, I went to a meeting tonight. Mm hmm. Um, <laughs> okay. no, not like that. Okay. I went to dinner for a like meeting with a potential artist that I may be working with and I've known him for a long time and you know, we kind of talked back in the day. Mm -hmm. so. Okay. Okay. But, <laughs> but, okay. but not like that. Yeah, yeah, and not yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. We kept it very cute and I always keep it cute with him because I'm just, when we're working, we're working. Right. Um, huh? you don't shit where you eat. Oh, yes, girl, I can't. Nope. So, but we had a cute little, uh, you know, dinner tonight when we're catching up and whatever. I could tell that there was chemistry there from both sides, mm -hmm. but it was so awkward because it was like the pandemic's going on. <laughs> so we had to do like this, like, you know, he had been tested recently, like literally yesterday he got his results and he was negative. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I can give you a hug. Mm -hmm. So we hugged each other, mm -hmm. but we obviously felt chemistry, but we're like, we cannot do anything else. Right. We both were like, Oh, okay. Have a good night. Yep. Like mm -hmm. it was just so awkward. And it's like, that's kind of how I can imagine dating is going to be for a minute. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. It's going to be so awkward. And I feel like maybe you can talk about, some love and relationship mm. shit. I mean, let's talk to the single bitches in the room because there's a lot of single bitches out, out here, you know, and, and being okay. single yes. in a pandemic and, you know, okay. having sex is a risk. Yes. Kissing somebody's a risk. Oh, honey, like there's everything's so many a risk. things that I've seen. Okay, we won't even go to that yeah. side. Let's stay over to the left, then. So, okay, there. I mean, you can go are, all the way in. My guys are going both ways, and I'm going to stay to the left right now. So the left side oh, of me is saying okay. um, about the individual. Uh -huh. Again, reflection. So mm -hmm. those people who are single, it's time to work on you. And you know, That's, everybody's always amen. worried about. Get it. I need a boyfriend, I need a girlfriend, I need a spouse, I need this, da, da, da. I need someone. Yeah, we always need 
some type of company of some sort, but you got to love yourself and you got to start, you know, nurturing yourself. And that's where this comfort zone again is, is being questioned where people are now having to look at themselves and say, okay, what do I need to find that person? What do I need to do to change me? Because it's, you know, people who break up, they always blame the other person, you know, for the breakup yeah. or they did this, they did that. Well, what what was your contribution to this? Because it yeah. takes two, honey, and people don't realize that. It takes two. And you got to, you know, and look at yourself in the mirror and say, what? Unless the other bitch is just straight up crazy. Because totally. yeah. we got some of them yeah, too. Totally. <laughs> but what did you do to attract that craziness? Because yeah, some people attract that same type of person. Yeah. So oh, what is it that you need to look left. at in the mirror and change? What mm-hmm. is it that you need? What is it that you're missing from yourself that you yeah. need to give yourself? And I tell people, an exercise that I tell people to do is every morning when you wake up, after you thank your higher power for another day and another chance, mm-hmm. you look at yourself in the mirror because that's the worst time to ever look at yourself <laughs> and, <laughs> and tell yourself, I love you. Yeah, every single great. morning and even if you don't mean it say it mm-hmm. because once yeah. you start saying it every day you start believing it and you start getting this self-confidence and self-empowerment yeah. and you start sitting up straight you start standing up straight and people notice that and once yeah. you start loving yourself then you could love someone else rupaul's yeah. rupaul yeah the, if you can't true. love yourself how the hell are you going to love somebody else yeah, that's true. So that's what I tell people. I did. Come on, RuPaul. Shout out. I took two years because I was a serial monogamous. I was going from relationship to relationship to relationship, and yeah. I finally took a year and a half, and I and I did that, and now I'm in the happiest relationship I've ever been. Happy relationships. That I yes, that, let's know. talk about that, honey. I want you to get to the juice. Hold up, hold up, hold on, hold on. Yes, I have two. Ah, I have. Let's two. talk about it, girl. Two. You know, you got two men's. You know, I took some time out, and I and I really did what I wanted to do for Vince. And I enjoyed myself. You know, yeah, I hooked up or whatever at the time. It was okay mm-hmm. to do it. And, and, but I wasn't looking for love. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. Stop looking for love. Let love find you. Yeah. Okay. Amen. All right. The love that you need Amen. to look for is the love in yourself. But yeah. stop looking I- for it because if you keep looking for it, you're going to look for the rest of your life and never find it. Yeah. Period. It's true. So. I- yeah, you know. that's my life mantra. To be mm-hmm. honest, I I just don't waste time looking for it. Mm-hmm. I, I'd re- and it and it's never felt right when I looked for it. Right. So right. I stopped doing that years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, I just live my life, and then you know sometimes you meet people and it mm-hmm. just clicks, and sometimes you meet people and it's a short time, and yeah, you appreciate that time right. and you move and on, you and then you might find it, somebody right? else. You know, yeah, you learn from exactly. it, and you had a good time, and. You know, and and yeah. stop with the victim. I, you know, that's another thing is I tell people stop with the victim. The woe is me. Why mm-hmm. me? Why me? Why me? Well, why you? Yeah. You know, okay. Ask the question. Why you? You know, oh. and start questioning yourself. Well, by the way, 
<laughs> okay. We need to talk about your man. Okay. So <laughs> let's talk. We get all tangent and trying to get all Miss Cleo and Rita Rainbow. <laughs> bitch, let's get back to these manzas because okay. I'm sure they want to hear all about it. If you're if you no, open that's up, fine. I'm that's sure. Fine. Yeah. When I was 49, I ended uh, in December. Um, I ended a six year relationship after. Well, before that, I ended a almost 20 year relationship. I was married to a woman and that's another Oprah, but you know, I, I, I was, I was doing what the, uh, the Catholic Puerto Rican boy was supposed to do. So yeah. to live, to live the life. And of, it's, it's a generation. Right. Thing too, exactly. Right? Yeah. So well, then you were kind of forced to do my first real relationship as a gay man was mm-hmm. six years and it was a very bumpy six years because I was just, I jumped from the one relationship into the other. Anyway, after that happened, the day before my 50th birthday in 2015, I had a heart attack. And yeah, I, I woke up the next morning on my birthday in the hospital. And it was a minor heart attack, but it was still enough to scare the shit out of me. Yeah, hell to the ass. So when I remember uh, I remember when it happened. Because I was supposed to have a, a chamber party that day. I know mm-hmm. and you when I got on the phone with you and you told me what happened, <laughs> I almost lost my life. I know. I know. Uh when I woke up and I and I realized what was going on, I, I sat there and I did the woe is me for about 10 minutes. And then I said, why are you victimizing yourself? Okay, you were working out, you were doing everything you were supposed to do. It just so happens you were just filling yourself up with caffeine and um, pre workout at the same time. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, she was doing the most. Yeah. So then I said, okay, you turned 50 today. This is the first day of the rest of your life. Yeah. So at that point, I made the decision to start working on myself uh, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And I started um, doing what I said, telling myself, I love you, uh, working on what I needed to change in order to bring in the the person that I really want in my life. And I decided I'm going to take a year off. I'm going to take a year off from any kind of relationship and just do what I want to do. And it, you know, it took a little longer, took a year and a half. But I had my self-confidence was up and I was doing things that I had never done before I was 50. And this person came into my life. I met David and I met him at a party that I wasn't even going to go to. I was going to I was invited to this party that I didn't really know anybody. And I thought I I went to a rehearsal. I remember I went to a rehearsal and I said, oh, should I drive to Altadena and go to this party? No, go home. And then mm-hmm. something said, Vince, go. So I went and I went by myself. I didn't, I only knew two people. And then I met David. And even though we didn't connect that night, we connected by seeing each other, but we didn't connect, mm-hmm. connect until two weeks later. And then we started talking and then things just started happening. Okay. It was about April. And then in May, we made it official. <laughs> and so then we're together. I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. And then so we're together. And and I'm gonna say he is half my age, but whatever. Live your life. Yeah, honey. and because I always thought I would never date anybody who was much, much younger than me, but he is 
different than most. And I need someone who is emotionally and spiritually mature, compatible, mature and compatible. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then a year later, we go to our local bar for an event mm-hmm. and I see this other person there and someone introduced uh, us, he introduced him to me and mm-hmm. we started talking and his name is Ray and he's my age. And we started talking about, we graduated the same year. Uh, we were mm-hmm. both in band in high school. We, you know, da da da, and we had this instant. Oh, I didn't know that. What instrument did he, he play? He was in percussion. He played percussion. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. <laughs> so we had this instant connection. Mm-hmm. And David was there, but he was off talking to other people. So he didn't really yeah. get a chance to meet Ray. And mm-hmm. then later on, Ray and I started texting. And I said, why don't we meet up? Let's have lunch. So we had lunch and we just started talking and he was um, ending a relationship, a, a, a marriage of him, you know, as well. Or he was, a, he was in a, a shaky place with it. He didn't know where it was going. So I told him, well, I'm not going to come in and, and change this. This is something you have yeah. to deal with. So I introduced yeah. him to David and they had a, a movie date and they went out and it just connected. And this, it just happened. It just organically happened where the three of us just that is so interesting together. because I mean, let's think about this because how long have y'all been together? It's going on four years now. Well, congratulations, yeah. honey. Yeah. So you and David were what, like a few years before you and Ray? Mm, right? We were a year, a, a year, a year, exactly. A year. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about six years ago. Yo ass would have never mm-hmm. been. <laughs> in a polyamorous relationship right. we talked about it so many mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. i just remember you i'm too jealous for that <laughs> shit i ain't gonna be dealing with that bullshit you're gonna get me or that's, that's it. it exactly so then when i heard this i was like excuse me <laughs> like my neck cracked all the way back <laughs> i know i know but I know. you're so happy and i'm so happy for yeah. you yeah What's the thing about it that, you know, because I'm sure that you get some shade from people who just don't understand it, who don't even give a fuck about understanding. Well, like what 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 do you feel from this relationship that you have and your marriage that you have? um, How has it enriched you and why does it keep you there? Well, you know, it's again, it's both relationships. If you're looking at one-on-one with me and David or me and Ray, they're two different relationships, but the three of us complement it, complement each other. So with this thing is I trust them with my life, both of them. So if I leave, like if I go on tour or something, I don't, I'm not worried about them. I don't, I'm not jealous. I'm, you know, um, in fact, I miss them even more. But there's no jealousy involved if Ray and I decide to hook up or David and I decide to hook up or Ray and David decide to hook up. There's no jealousy. It's just like, okay, well, you know, go do your thing. I'm going to watch TV, you know. know, It's so interesting. Or the three of us, you know what I mean? But there's no... I think I'm still in the camp of, you know, I'm a jealous hoe, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, I've just, I've never been in a situation like that. I've had offers. I just mm-hmm. have not, 
Um, yeah, and if, but it, for it's, me, it's, but I mean, I think everybody, whatever works for what, whoever, mm-hmm. you know, as long as people are happy, right. I'm happy for people. And it's all about uh, self confidence as well. It's about self self confidence and and yeah. knowing that they're going to come back to me no matter what. You know, yeah. and we even talked about having an open relationship. You know, because a polyamorous, you know, a lot of polyamorous relationships do go out. We have, you know, talked about, well, David, you know, because he's half our age. So if you want to go play around, then go play around. Just be careful. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. Ray has, you know, given me an okay and da, da, da. But I don't feel comfortable even going yeah. out, you know, because yeah. I keep thinking about them. Mm-hmm. And they're my heart. Yeah, I've had opportunities to hook up, but I, I've always backed off at the very last minute because they come to mind and they're my heart. And yeah. they think, and also this time is way too. Scary well, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but this was before COVID. I mean, mm-hmm. so I don't have the desire to. Where yeah. my last relationship, when we decided to open up, I was like, okay, yes, this, yeah, yeah, I'm so tired of this. You know, I was like, fine, fine, you know. <laughs> You're like, finally. <laughs> but as long as I don't bring it home, or you don't bring it home, I'm cool with that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. You know, but that's, you know, a lot of people don't understand open relationships either, you know, yeah. but in the gay world, the way I see it, men are men are men, you know, and 95% of us who are men can't be monogamous. I'm sorry, we weren't built that way. You know, that's why even <laughs> straight men are always looking. You know uh-huh. what I mean? No matter if they're in love or not, they all their eye turns. I don't care who you are. Your eye yeah. turns, and you might be in that five percentile that that you know is just yeah, not into it, and that's how you are. I think I'm that, and I respect yeah. that. I respect that. But I don't, I don't put that on anyone else. Right. You know exactly. But it does yeah. make finding someone else hard, a difficult. difficult task. It does. <laughs> it does. In the gay world, yeah. it does. It does. But you know, I mean, I've been fortunate to where I don't think you know, not to my knowledge, that I don't. I think I only had one person I dated who actually cheated. I'm not equivalenting right. to, you know, to an open relationship or anything, mm-hmm. but I'm saying like in the five percentile thinking that I had met someone mm-hmm. similar mm-hmm. to me that ended up cheating, mm-hmm. you know? Like I know um, in my whole life, I know three couples. One is a lesbian couple outside of you, outside of you who have mm-hmm. never had either a person with them or have ever cheated on each other or ever wanted to cheat on each other. That, yeah. and that's three couples in my yeah. 55 years of life. You know what I yeah. mean? So <laughs> yeah. It's, or, I just feel like if you want to cheat, just break up. Right. I agree. Just if you ain't happy, just I break. Agree. If you have the urge to, you know, sleep with someone else mm-hmm. when you're in a committed monogamous relationship, you're obviously not happy about the situation. If y'all can't figure it out, you need to break up. Mm-hmm. And then you can have sex with whoever the hell you want. Exactly. And, and then you're not hurting someone. And then when we, you know, when the reason why we I opened that other relationship up is because there was cheating involved in the, in, yeah. within the six years. And yeah. opening the relationship actually made our decision of breaking up. Yeah. Because, because you probably got clarification to know. Right. Well, it was also that it just was not we weren't you know, we weren't that important to each other. We were more important yeah. to the people that we wanted to hook up with. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
Ah, uh, well, yes. I mean, well, I'm just so happy that, <laughs> though, you know, that we got to talk about that a little bit because I think it's just a really cool and interesting side about your life. That people, that a lot of people feel. don't know, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't know, but also the people who do know, you know, mm -hmm. they, some people may not understand, right. some people, you know, and at least today you got to talk about yeah. it openly. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and I'm accepting of it. I love all y'all. You know? <laughs> and I love seeing all y'all. Yeah. So well, we all love you um, too. So oh uh, well thank mm -hmm. you. As I stroke my hair. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> as I'm as we're talking, I'm looking at a, a Facebook page that uh, a group that I belong to called Flutus of Color. Oh nice. And when I met you, I was I was just a year into the six year relationship, but I was still had that fear of coming out oh yeah and when i met you and um some other people it was so refreshing to see that not only there were there musicians more musicians of color coming in but the gay mm -hmm. community as well open i mean yeah. it was just refreshing to know that there were more gay people playing who were not in the closet yeah so me growing up, not only did I have to stay in the closet, but I was one of the only persons of, uh, of black, and I'm just going to say black because my race is black, black mm -hmm. people playing in orchestras around LA, not realizing until you see a picture of the orchestra and there's that one dot. Okay. You know what I okay. mean? And you're like, Story of my life. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I, I don't see anybody else. All right. Literally, when Black Lives Matter started and I started mm. seeing the unfairness of how we're being treated as a community, as a whole, it started mm. raising up all of these feelings that I kept suppressing. Remember, I kept saying 2020 is a type, it's, yeah. it's where you start seeing things clearly and remembering mm -hmm. and dealing with it. And all the stuff that I pushed away started coming up. And I went into a, um, I would say a depression, but it was more of a rage. <laughs> I went into uh -huh. a really dark, dark place because I started remembering growing up as a, as a black musician in LA and not, you know, only being the only person of color in these orchestras around LA yeah but how I was I was asked to be on the board of one of the orchestras and I took it and I was like yes yes and it turned out that they asked me so that they can get a grant for uh, minority yeah. musicians yep happens all the time but instead of me being upset about it I thought well okay this will be my part to help them get money without thinking that they're taking advantage of it. So then, you know, even thinking of the, the teachers that I had, the way I was talked to by, especially one of the teachers that I had, the way she treated me, um, and she even made, and, and, and I thought we were very close and that we were good friends. And, and she would say things to me like, well, you know, I never noticed your color. I never noticed, I, I never noticed that you were black. I've never noticed that. But I was thinking, well, if I wanted to marry your daughter, would you notice that? Or yeah. she would say things out. Then I got involved with the Southeast Symphony, which was, you know, a, a symphony for um, black musicians. That's where yeah. I was formed. And I started getting calls not only for that, but from 
other contractors who were black. And mm-hmm. she would say things, the teacher would say things, well, they would only hire, they're only hiring you because you're black. And wow. saying, you know, not because I played well, but because of my color. Yeah, and you can, they could get away with shit like that. Mm-hmm. Back then. And I never, but I was too stupid to, to think about it or to take it in a wrong way. I don't think you were too stupid. I just think it was, a, I would think it was a conditioning thing. It, it was, was. Just, mm-hmm. it was seen as so normal back then, which is the bad part about well, it. Well, no part. Because that happened so much in the classical mm-hmm. Part of it, though, was is that she was, she threw a lot of work my way, a lot of work my way. Mm-hmm. So I always felt like I had to keep my mouth shut because yeah. I knew that if I fought back that it would be stripped of me. Because I was making, Savan, I was working a full-time job being an accountant and still making five $600 a weekend playing nice. stuff for her every yeah. weekend. So mm-hmm. if, and playing in these other orchestras that, yeah, you know, as well. So yeah. I knew that if I spoke out, that it would be stripped of me. Everything would be stripped. Yeah. So I had to keep my mouth shut. Finally, when I spoke out, mainly mm-hmm. to her, everything that I thought happened, I got stripped of everything. The orchestras that I played in, I was blacklisted. Um, wow. um, I um, lost a lot of work. I had Southeast Symphony which went on for a while and then I left there growing up there were no other you know also there were no other flutists that I knew personally that were a color and it turns out there were five of us at one time that either knew of each other or knew each other Valerie King Danny Lozano who's Cuban Stephanie McNabb myself and and a girl named Sakari Reed and the five of us were all in LA and we were actually throwing jobs to each other, even though we didn't know each other that, or, or knew of it, we just knew of each other. We were throwing jobs to each other as even though there were good players in town, they were black. The black musicians in this town back in the eighties and the nineties were considered second class in the music world. A lot of them orchestras, felt like they just weren't good enough to play in the orchestras. And you think in some cases it was different true. than it today. True. <laughs> oh yeah. No. Yeah. But I mean now I feel like there's more of a push, you uh-huh. know, because there are, you know, we're coming out. We we're, you know, we're proved we we've proven that yeah. we are as good or better. Yeah. So but back then I was pulled because I was one of the people that they allowed in mm-hmm. and I was pulled on both ends and it was hard because, you know, I, I just kept saying, okay, I, I don't want to feel like I'm better than anyone or da 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 da. But the white orchestras would make me feel like I was better than the black mm-hmm. community. So uh-huh. again, I was pulled on and it, it was, it was so hard so mm-hmm. hard because I loved my community and I loved playing in these really good orchestras at the time. Yeah. So, so you felt moving. pressure to pick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I was playing with these people, you know, constantly, you know, and I'm going to just say white people and yeah. not knowing that there were other black flutists in town until I met, I, I met, I saw, 
two of them at a national flu convention. We have a, a national flute association from all over the world. And every mm-hmm. year we have this conference and this one happened to be in LA and I saw Valerie King and I saw Danny Lozano, her husband at the time, who's Cuban, but black. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, I was even too scared to go talk to them. Really? But yeah. Cause I didn't, I, I, I just didn't know how to approach, to approach them. So, mm-hmm. but then I found out that there was another girl named Stephanie McNabb, who's a phenomenal piccolo player. And then mm. another girl who, Sakari Reed, who I met playing at Cal State Dominguez Hills. She was mm-hmm. um, getting her bachelor's degree. Oh, okay. And it turned out that even though we didn't know each other or we just knew of each other, we were throwing each other jobs. Oh, wow. We were saying, okay, I can't play this, so someone called i said call danny lozano or call valerie king or da da da. i mean it was mm-hmm. just or they would say vince pena you know come and play a southeast or come and do this or da 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 and then we finally i finally met these people and i love all all of them mm-hmm. but then still those are the only ones i knew yeah grow and all this time and i then, think it's such a small community in general mm-hmm. yeah. and then finding you you know, and then Anthony and, um, you know, all of these people, when, when Anthony invited me back to Southeast and I'm seeing all these people, yeah, some people that I, I knew over the years, but mm-hmm. all these young black musicians who are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, you know, because mm-hmm. I feel like because Prop 13, I think it was, where they were taking the arts away from the schools, mm-hmm. there was this gap of you know the musicians when i was young and some of them who were young a little bit younger than me and then there's this huge gap and then your generation came in yeah and so i went through a period where there weren't that many people of color who played in 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 la Mm -hmm. and and but who the ones that i knew of were my age and then here comes your generation which was like so many yeah and I'm like, oh my God, here we go. Finally, finally. Yeah. Is, you know, <laughs> so moving forward, fast forward to the Black Lives Matter, and all this memory started popping up. And then I was happened to be, you know, just going through Facebook and I found this group called Flutus of Color. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, let me join this. So I joined it. There, right now, there's 186 members. The National Flute Association has almost 17,000 members. Wow. And we only have 186. (laughs) Now imagine going to these conferences, which I'm sure you can understand, Mm -hmm. and walking around the exhibit halls and either never or hardly ever seeing someone who looks like you. Oh, yeah. It's always... uh, You know what I mean? So when uh, I, when we had our <laughs> well, first... I mean, I can't say the one, there's a few right. sprinkled in, but it, you know, in but the going in the this hall of thousands of people and you're, yeah. there might be that one or two. Yeah. Yeah. So when we had our first zoom meeting, there were about 50 of us. Mm-hmm. And I looked at this thing and I, and tears started coming out of my eyes and, and, and the girl who's in charge was like, Vince, what's going through your mind? And I said, I had did not know there were this many flutists of color in the United States yeah, or all of in the world. 
Mm-hmm. And I said, and there's only 50 of us right now. And it was so nice to see people who, I, I don't know how to say this, just feel comfortable with. Yeah. And knowing that they, they probably understood. have a similar struggle. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, we, we were talking about it. And I just said, as a flutist of color, the first thing people thought of or think of is that we're jazz players. Oh, yeah. We don't know classical music. Mm-hmm. We're just jazz players. When people hear you, other flutists, they either think, oh, wow, you know, I was wrong, or they feel threatened, so they'll do anything to, to say, talk about you or knock you down. Mm-hmm. You know? So, sorry, other flutists in town. You know, I love you, but, you know, that's the, <laughs> that was my, that was my uh, experience here. And now wow. that I, I see this, I'm, you know, it brought me back up and it made me work harder. And, you know, and uh, I just feel like I'm finally, I'm not alone. You That's know? awesome. Yeah. I mean, even though there are other black musicians around me, being a flutist mm-hmm. and it's like being in a family and you're being the stepchild. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. so and always having to prove yourself or always having and you and you couldn't if i was playing principal i had to be careful how i said things how i gave direction yeah. otherwise yeah. i'd be the the angry black man or or i i was too harsh yeah. you know what i mean so yeah when i see when say. i see all the <laughs> stuff going on with how we have to as a whole be careful how we speak you know what I mean? Otherwise, it's a ballet of mm-hmm. eggshells. Music is is very very intimate. Even the words you choose have to be a certain way. Otherwise, oh, people yeah. will take you wrong. Unless you're that's what I get someone... in trouble with all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how to filter. Shit. Right. Me too. Me too. <laughs> and that got me in trouble. But I wasn't thinking that I was hurting anybody. I was just saying yeah. what I thought should be said. But. I would yeah. hear things, oh, Vince, Vince is just rude or he's a bully or, you know, you yeah. know, or, you know, he's just mean. And, you know, people were afraid to play with me. Now, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I don't care. Exactly. If you don't like the way I say it, then bye. Yeah. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, there's it's a funny little tap dancing number you have to do at work. You know, whenever you have to mention anything or, you know, mm-hmm. ask a question, say anything, mm-hmm. I think it's just part of the whole political structure of playing in an orchestra. Mm-hmm. But obviously, a lot of things need to change, especially like the uh, backhanded comments mm-hmm. and things that people just say right in front of you and they don't think you're listening. Right. Or you don't hear mm-hmm. it, but mm-hmm. they're just saying it right in front. And it's, you know, they may speak in code, but. We speak code, honey. Uh-huh. We okay. understand your code better than you do. Exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've heard it okay. so many and times. And have our own. But anyway, yes. when I show up, I just try to be, obviously, I try to be me. Right. Me too. Because I ain't trying to be no one me else. Me too. I think over the years and, you know, getting older, I have matured in the way that I say things yeah. compared to back in the yeah. day because back in yeah, the day yeah. i yes, would be I know. like uh you flat <laughs> so <laughs> what's wrong with you why aren't you doing this right <laughs> i mean that was never like one of our colleagues that they were like 
subdivide. Right. <laughs> subdivide and one and two. two exactly. F. I was like, girl. Or I would just, or I would be, I, I mean, I did. I would go, I can't do this anymore. I just can't do this anymore. Either <laughs> you fix it or we're going to have to change something. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, I would get to that point, but now I'm just like, yeah. I mean, but you know, that's, I think it also takes amount of like orchestral etiquette in professional places is completely different from mm-hmm. like what you grow up in. So like when you start doing even more of that type of stuff, you see the exchange and the chain of command and how things are handled. And, you know, part of that is a little archaic too. Mm-hmm. Um, in a sense, because I feel like it really keeps people from talking to their leaders yeah, um, mm-hmm. who lead their sections and things like that. Unless, you know, if the principal player is inviting, right. you know, there's, there's one particular person in the studios that I love because he's just always, you know, having a good time, but he knows how to lead. Mm-hmm. And I, I love when he's up there because the whole section just feels relaxed and we feel like we can play together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's the environment that needs to be at work. Yes. It doesn't need to be this stuffy political. Did you hear her miss that? Did mm-hmm. you? I mean, bitch, mm-hmm. none of us are playing perfectly on these Thank scoring you. stages. Okay? Thank you. Newsflash. Go play your home, okay? honey. Because I've heard a boot <laughs> squeak and a click. Okay. <laughs> oh, so I don't know. try it shit happens and you know there's some flutists but, nowadays now and yeah. that i really enjoy playing with because they are inviting and to me they're genuine now whatever they are with other people at least i know with me i'm comfortable and they're comfortable with me literally there's only three so <laughs> i mean in in la i just see i just find it exhausting to be anyone else but me exactly and they understand. I, I don't have exactly. time to keep up with who I'm going to be on the scoring stage, who I'm going to mm-hmm. be at the Hollywood Bowl, mm-hmm. who I'm going to be as a composer. Like, I just, I'm just going to be me. Right. I can't. And either you like it or you don't. And I'll, and I'll change things, you know, depending on who I'm talking to, because we all got to do right. that. But I'm not going to change who the hell I exactly. am. Exactly. And just to be that's me. how I feel about these other, these flutists that I, these the ones that I love playing with is because they respect me and I don't and I can be me and they don't feel like I'm trying to overstep them this Black Lives Matter has opened my eyes to a lot and it really actually honestly made me embrace being a black man which before before I I didn't call myself that that. I was calling myself I'm Puerto Rican and that was also um, because of what I was told and was, mm-hmm. was put into my mind. And I have embraced it so much now and so proud of it and mm-hmm. not afraid of it anymore, you know? That's great. Because you have Latino mm-hmm. and Black, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you probably were trying to, to, for a lack of a better phrase, choose the lesser of yes. two evils in the environment that you were I living I sure in. did. I sure did. Because you knew if you said you were black, you were going to get treated a certain way versus Latino. Well, you know. Or Puerto yeah, Rican. I mean. You know, and that's that's an unfortunate thing because that was, mm-hmm, you know, it's still mm-hmm. the same. I mean, it still it is, is the same thing. Today. But, you know, know, even even um, with, you know, when I had hair and it was, you know, black, dark, black and wavy or whatever, people saw mm-hmm. me as a, a person of color. It wasn't Puerto Rican. I was 
a, yeah. a, a black person or whatever they wanted to call me. But I mean, yeah. I was stopped. I've been stopped by the police so many times and even asked, yeah. what are you doing out of your territory? Um, or being wow. called a black Mexican because they didn't want to call me Puerto Rican. So they called me a black Mexican. All the stuff just came rolling up. And you're right. I had to choose the lesser of the two evils. So I, I had to do something and it's, you know, and I did. And I admit that I turned my back on my community to yeah. keep going. Well, you know, it happens. And I think this time right now is really helping people to reflect mm-hmm. on that. Cause I feel, I feel like, like I've always been proud to be black. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I just love being black. I just, I wouldn't change it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> to I be honest. Not, you know, I'm just... um, but like, you know, I feel like I'm even more proud to be black now than mm-hmm. ever. Everything that we're seeing that just keeps being, uh, you know, put out, especially in, uh, in film, mm-hmm. we've been killing yes, it. I know. And it's about time, like in the arts, yes. you know, cause we are much more than rappers and mm-hmm. R&B singers, mm-hmm. like, and, and basketball right. players and football players mm-hmm. and baseball players, right. you know, like, and track and field, you know, you can keep going because that's, that's, a, that's, that's a what a lot of people totally. are like, you know, they're so great at mm-hmm. sports and singing and dancing. It's like, no, we're great scientists. Mm-hmm. We're great inventors. They have, but we're, you know, they you have know, that they... extra muscle in their leg that makes them jump high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, it's, I'm happy that things are coming to the surface. And what you were saying earlier in the podcast is, you know, 2020 vision being able to see clearly Mm -hmm. to be a part of the change. And I think as we go into the election, I think a lot of that, you know, not to get political. So we're not telling anybody Mm -hmm. who to vote for. But what I will say is your vote absolutely matters. Totally. And, um, and, Whatever you do, either side, it's going to create yes. change. You figure that and out. You know, and I'm going to put it out there, too, but, because I know there's that one person who's probably saying, well, he's just jumping on the bandwagon now. Fuck you. I'm not jumping on the bandwagon. My eyes have opened. 2020 is, again, vision is clear. And yeah. this is who I am. And this is who I, was, I have always been. So mm-hmm. I'm... I'm going with it. So it's mine. It's my journey. Thank you. Amen. So is there anything else that your guides would like to say to our listeners? Anything you want to say to me? They're just saying, they're telling me to tell you that um, to keep striving, keep going, keep with, you know, but if you're exhausted, again, (laughs) if you're exhausted, then take that time for yourself. So again, they're telling me to tell you to take some time for yourself. Do go outside. Yeah, go, I, mean, I mean, I know it's COVID, yeah. but if you can find a quiet place just to to breathe, if you need to take a drive yeah, to the beach, I or think I need something. That. I think we mm-hmm. all need that. Who's listening? Mm-hmm. Get out your house, girls. Yes, but then, you know, the rest <laughs> of the world. I keep hearing the word compassion. Show yeah. some compassion, understanding, and think about where we are now and where you want to go now. And the only way we're going to change is if you start making change. Energy doesn't move until you move the energy. Where do you want to go now? What, what do you want to do? What do you want to make different? And it, it's time to start concentrating on that. And I'm not talking about just individually. I'm talking about globally. 
again, your vote does count. It always will count. Mm. And know that we have got to go through this mess, this bullshit, this trying time in order to, to rise above and grow into a, a stronger, compassionate, and understanding world. We have to. Yeah. And nation. And nation. Yes. And nation. Yes. Because we have a lot oh, of repairing totally. to do. Totally. We have a lot. Of, and we can't mm-hmm. do that without right. Without darkness, there's no sunlight. Even yep. on the darkest nights, the next morning is the brightest. Be patient. Breathe. Also, think before you speak. Think before you react. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that makes a huge difference in your life. Yeah, because I I was talking to someone about that, um, and it it really raised the point and said, you never know what the person on the other end is Mm -hmm. going through when you Mm -hmm. say what you say. Mm -hmm. And to listen. So I think, you know, because communication is not just talking. It's not just hearing your talk. It's listening Mm -hmm. and understanding what the other person is saying before you come out with your idea. Well, thank you so much, Miss Vicente Piorian. <laughs> so, if people want to continue to follow you and you know speak with you or set up services or whatever, how would people get in com- contact with you? I could be found on Instagram, Vince.Pena, mm-hmm. um, or the Divine Concourse of Spiritual Awakenings. My Facebook page is also the Divine Concourse, C O N C O U R S E of spiritual awakenings and my website is divineconcourse.com as a musician i am under the radford players r-a-d-f-o-r-d players.net and yeah right there all right we got plenty of homework to look up honey so get on them links child yes well i had so much fun talking to you we really got to figure out a time to like I know. Sit down and hang out because it's been way too long. I it's, feel like yes. I feel like we we can talk forever. I mean, we live <laughs> we live like a fence over away from each I other. Know. We don't That's even see each other. Jesus, like I could literally throw a wig <laughs> at, through your apartment window. <laughs>